Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan here in Victoria, B.C. For the next hour, you and I are going to discover some great jazz, including some on the fringes of the genre, sponsored by Peterborough Independent Podcasters. So, you've been invited to a jazz jam. You're not an experienced jammer, and you want to make sure that you have a few tunes up your sleeve that you can either suggest or call out for the jam, um, and that you can at least fake your way through most of the tunes that other jammers will call out. So what are some tunes that you must know? Last week, I talked about rhythm changes, the chords to I Got Rhythm, and some blues chord sequences, and also played a few other tunes that you might hear at a jam session. And, oh, a correction to last week's episode. Thank you, guitarist Jerry Silver, for letting me know that, despite Wikipedia's claim, confirmation is not an example of Bird or Charlie Parker blues changes, as it's an 8-bar rather than a 12-bar form. But Bluesette, as well as Blues for Alice, would be good examples. So, thank you, Jerry. Now, in terms of individual tunes for jamming, Here's one of the most popular Latin-style songs, Kenny Dorham's Blue Bossa. Let's hear the original version from 1963 by saxophonist Joe Henderson with the writer of the tune, Kenny Dorham, on trumpet and doing a very interesting solo. Thank you. 
a Blue Note album called Page One. That's Blue Bossa. With the group leader and saxophone, Joe Henderson. The tunes writer, Kenny Dorham on trumpet. Plus McCoy Tyner on piano, Butch Warren bass, and drummer Pete LaRocca. Well, that's not the case here. So often in a jazz tune, a lot of people don't play the original. They may play a distorted version they got from one of the real books, or a version that may have been recorded later using different chord sequences. For compositions written by jazz artists, you probably can't go wrong. 
going back to the original, as even if the others are playing different chords, you can snub your nose at them by saying you're playing the original. Now, for tunes from Broadway, however, it's a different story. Often the original recordings have been substantially changed. New harmonies, rhythms, and even different melodies. But I noticed that most of the tunes selected when I put out a query on the Jazz World site, a site where mostly jazz musicians talk about some of their favorite music and performers, ended up being ones that have fairly standard chord sequences and melodies, even if jammers might end up trying different rhythms. Here's one that used to be played a lot, not so much now, maybe. Uh, in my survey, it garnered four votes. It's Duke Ellington's and Billy Strayhorn's Satin Doll, and here's a duet by two great Canadian artists, pianist Oliver Jones and bassist Neil Swainson.
two musicians jamming on Satin Doll, Oliver Jones and Neil Swainson. Last week, I mentioned that there was one particular tune that topped the list of tunes one must know for a jam session, according to people on the Jazz World site. There were five votes for this one, more than any other single tune. I'm not sure why it's so popular and such an essential tune to learn if you're going to play with other musicians, other than the fact that it's a beautiful song, sometimes done as a ballad, sometimes swinging, sometimes with the famous Charlie Parker intro, and sometimes not. Oh, and it has a sequence that may not be remarkable in itself, but has so many improvisational possibilities. It is All the Things You Are, music written by Jerome Kern, who apparently did not like jazz artists making changes to his tunes. But they did, and they still do. Let's first play that classic Charlie Parker version and the famous intro that so many musicians later adapted.
from Live at the Finale Club, March 1945, All the Things You Are, with Charlie Parker, alto sax, Miles Davis, trumpet, Joe Albany, piano, Addison Farmer on bass, and Chuck Thompson, drums. Just to show how one can play this tune in such different ways, here's a version 76 years later, from May 2021, by pianist Scott Bradley of postmodern jukebox fame.
<laughs> he throws in that Charlie Parker intro too, but strictly as an extra. That's All the Things You Are, played by Scott Bradley, the tune that received the most votes for the tune you must know if you're going to go to a jazz jam session. One person on the Jazz World website who responded to my query about tunes to learn if you're a newbie to jazz jam sessions and want to fit in suggested that I go to jazzstandards.com to get some ideas. So I did. And I especially wanted to see if the tunes they suggested as being most common jazz tunes are similar to the ones that the Jazz World people suggested. There were a lot of differences, but also a lot of similarities. They had All the Things You Are as number two on their list of most popular jazz standards. But the number four rated tune, Round Midnight, only one person from my Jazz World survey suggested. Now, I do understand why, as this tune is very complex, and there are so many different versions of it that use very different chords, so it's not always the best tune to call out at a jam session, even if it is the most recorded tune ever written by a jazz musician. Body and Soul was number one, which was one of the tunes that the second most number of people on the Jazz World website said was a must-learn. So let me play a version of that lovely tune. The late guitarist Pat Martino with electric keyboardist Gil Goldstein from a 2012 album called We Are Together Again, Body and Soul. Thank you. 
Pat Martino with Gail Goldstein. That tune was tied with six others for second place when I asked people on the Jazz World site for the tunes one must learn for a jazz jam session. First place was the one we heard before that, All the Things You Are. This is a good time, I guess, to give all the results. The seven tunes in second place, all of which received four mentions, were All Blues, Autumn Leaves, uh, Blue Bossa, On Green Dolphin Street, Satin Doll, Stella by Starlight, and Body and Soul, all of which I've played either this week or last, except for one. On Green Dolphin Street starts with eight bars of what is called pedal point, chords that use the same bass note, followed by a bunch of chords for the next eight bars, Ahmed Jamal's version in 1956, followed by Miles Davis's version a couple of years after. Uh, is what inspired jazz musicians to keep playing it. It is fun to play and not overly difficult, and most versions tend to follow the Miles Davis arrangement, alternating between a Latinish and a swing feel, which the first version by the Jimmy Dorsey Orchestra didn't do, nor did the earlier ones by uh, Herbie Green or Ahmed Jamal. But now many jazz students think that this is how the song goes. To see if everybody still plays it that way, I went to the Secondhand Songs site to see if the last version of the tune listed did that Latin swing alternating. The answer appears to be no. From an album released in June of 2021, here is Nashville pianist Pat Coyle with drummer Danny Gottlieb and bassist Jacob Jezioro on Green Dolphin Street.
on Green Dolphin Street, pianist Pat Coyle. Some other tunes that were mentioned by three respondents regarding tunes to learn for a jam session were Invitation, which I played last week, Honeysuckle Rose, Softly as in a Morning Sunrise, and Miles Davis's So What, and a whole bunch received two mentions, Cherokee, Giant Steps, Take Five, Take the A-Train, There Will Never Be Another You, and I Got Rhythm. The latter, of course, almost everybody said you need to know the chords of, as they've become, become known as the standard rhythm changes. Now, I don't have time to play them all, but John Coltrane's Giant Steps, with its complex chord progression, is often called out, and some tunes even are composed using some variation of those changes, and often the challenge is to play it as fast as you can. But this version I'm going to play reverses that, as it does it as slow as possible. I haven't played any vocals today, so how about my favorite singer, Gene McDaniels, singing some lyrics he wrote for the tune, accompanied by pianist Ted Brancato, Curious Traveler, from the hard-to-find 2009 album called Evolution's Child. And of course, the melody in the chorus to this is Giant Steps. Stranded 
space Trapped inside this human race You are free If you are spiritually Gene McDaniel's Curious Traveler, based on the chord sequence and much of the melody of Giant Steps. There were a lot of tunes that only one person recommended as songs we need to know for a jam session, and I'm happy to say that I would be able to recognize all the tunes that people suggested, except for two. One of them is very common, and the other isn't, and I think I'll play both of them, as it will help me get familiar with them. When I had volunteered my services to be part of a band backing some jazz-oriented singers here in Victoria, it was suggested that the band play a tune as a warm-up, something simple that everyone knows. One tune suggested was Charlie Parker's Billy's Bounce. That's one of those tunes that everybody plays, but isn't in most of the real books. And every time I hear it, I end up asking somebody, Hey, what is that tune? So let me get it imprinted in my psyche from a 1998 album by Emily Claire Barlow called Emily Claire Barlow Sings. Here is a scat version of the tune, Billy's Bounce, with quotes from a lot of other blues-oriented tunes. Features uh, soloists uh, Chris Mitchell on tenor sax, Russ Little, trombone, Steve McDade on trumpet, Billy's Bounce, Emily Claire Barlow. Thank you. 
Canadian singer Emily Claire Barlow with uh, Charlie Parker's Billy's Bounce, a tune that many people will call out for a jam session. And if you know some basic blues progressions and you're primarily a rhythm instrument, you'll probably be fine with that. Then there is one tune that someone suggested to learn for a jazz jam that I had never heard of. In terms of tunes to call out at, a, at such a jam, one fellow in the Jazz World site, Kevin Lowe, wrote the following. Guess it depends, or should, on the audience. If it's just jazz fans and newbies, the aim should be to entertain them, so a mix of material and styles from the real books work well, and there is a place for some freer material and some contemporary pop. If the audience is mostly musicians, it's a different story, and a roast on tough tunes at high tempos might even be appropriate. The point, I guess, one of the points he's making here is that obscure tunes might be most appropriate if it's a group of all professional or serious jazz players. Actually, this particular tune may not be that obscure. It's from a 1956 Miles Davis album called Miles, a Benny Golson tune called Stablemates. Mm-hmm. 
The new Miles Davis Quintet from 1956 on Prestige Records and a Benny Golson tune called Stablemates with John Coltrane on tenor sax, Red Garland piano, Paul Chambers bass and Philly Joe Jones on drums. Time for one more tune that would fit into any jazz jam session. I can't see anybody objecting to this one and I think most people know it players and audience. It's from a Blue Note album from 1951 called Piano Interpretations. Pianist Wynton Kelly with uh, Franklin Skeet on bass, Lee Abrams drums, and Harry Warren's tune, There Will Never Be Another You. This is Larry Sadman saying bye for now. Next week, a continuation of the series that I started a couple of weeks ago on the best albums of 2021.